This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Your suffering will be legendary even in hell. It's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, you're doomed. You're all doomed. folks welcome once again to cinema degeneration we are doing another appreciation month this is the first episode we're recording up for killer wheels a month um, this is where we're going to be doing demonic possessed uh, killer cars and automobiles and different kind of vehicles and from our first show we are doing the hearse a little rarity from 1980 and my guest co-host for this episode is none other than rebecca reinhardt how we doing I am okay. I'm just walking. I'm just watching out for black cars uh, trying to run me off the road. Yeah, and 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 a town full of douche bags. Like the, the, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm torn on this movie because I'm. I will be interested because we didn't really uh, get into it much other than the fact that this is a blind watch for both of us. Neither one of right, us has and, seen this movie, and we. Started to talk about it before the show when I said no, no, this is on air shit, on air shit, shut up, on air shit. <laughs> yeah, on air shit. Well, let's do the quick IMDb uh, synopsis here, real quick, and then we'll get right off into it. Uh, the Hearse, 1980, directed by George Bowers, and this is the synopsis: A school teacher moves into her deceased aunt's home in a small town, only to find herself plagued by supernatural occurrences and unexplained hostility from the local townspeople connected to her aunt's past. And, yeah, that's... Uh, that's it, about. yeah. Yeah, that's the entire yeah. movie. A uh, entire long, yeah. drawn-out, slow-paced <laughs> movie with very little to do about a hearse. I'm, I'm interested in what you thought about that. I, I, I was a little distraught that it was a lot about a haunted house and a little bit about a hearse. Okay, so first of all, I think we should also mention that the reason that this got even suggested was your mother. So your mother is the reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hello, you know, Cameron's you, mother. <laughs> uh, no, I had always <laughs> wanted to watch this movie. I uh, hadn't seen it. And then we, we mentioned a few different things. And we had talked about rubber, 
we both love rubber and we would just sit here and probably, you know, kiss its ass all night. And then, right. Oh, but like, we, I love them. but like of the list of movies, we both said, Hey, we haven't seen the hearse. Let's, let's do something we haven't seen. So I actually ordered the, uh, arrow release. Uh, I think it's arrow. No, maybe it was vinegar syndrome. It's vinegar syndrome. Sorry. Um, I ordered it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the hit. Cause I want us to be like half legit, you know, cause it is on YouTube, <laughs> I believe. And uh, you know, so I'm like, I get it. Uh, you know, and it's got, a, it's got a cool cover. It's got a, you know, the trailer's cool. The, the synopsis is cool. There are a few things that this movie lacks. And one is it lacks any connection to a goddamn hearse. But yes, uh, it doesn't have a real legit connection to the hearse at all. It's all very superfluous. The okay, the first thing is this is 1980, and this movie is antiquated by 1980 standards. It looks like oh, 1974. Yes. Um, yes, and maybe it had been maybe I if I had if it had been earlier, like if I had even like, if somebody even lied to me and said, this is from 1974, I might have been a little more, I don't know, forgiving of it. Um, but it Same. really was, it was really more of a haunted house movie. And if I feel like if they had gone with that aspect of it, I might have like, instead of being the hearse, if it was the diary or, you know, or whatever, or yeah. the stranger, you know, or whatever, like something else that had more significance. The haunted in the movie. stranger would have been more like befitting of a title, the haunted stranger, right? Or, or even like yeah, like yeah, Robert, the handsome stranger, you know, anything, anything <laughs> that had more to do with the movie. I may have been a little bit, you know, I, I may have been a little bit more lenient, but uh, yeah, the hearse is uh, the hearse is very superfluous and. In fact, I got up to get a drink or go to the bathroom or something, and I missed the explanation of the hearse and had to rewind it. It's that <laughs> insignificant that you can get up and go to the bathroom and totally miss the entire crux of why they named this the hearse. Yeah, it's like one less than 60 second scene of exposition that explains, you know, how the hearse is what the hearse is and its significance to the characters. And ex an explanation with air quotes around it. Right, right. It's a very loose ex explanation. I mean, it's it basically, you know, it's about a woman that comes home. Her mother dies. You know, she's a month out of a fresh divorce. It basically starts out like a fucking country song. You know, yeah, like, I just got gone... divorced. My mom died and I'm going to the old house to right. fix her up. And she tells her psychiatrist, he's like, well, what, what do you say if they ask what happened? She said, Jane Hardy was on the edge. But she came back. I was like, boy, oh, boy, can you get any more dramatic, girl? <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah, but uh, Trish Van Devier? Devier? I think it's Trish Is Van Dever. Van Dever. I said it Van out Dever. loud. Just Yeah, I said it out loud like a half hour ago. And I was like, oh, Vandiver. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know if that's how it you does. say it, but that sounds right. That's, yeah, that sounds much better than what I was trying to throw out there. But she's our main character, uh, J uh, Jane Hardy. And yeah, the scene, the, the opening is, it feels like a TV movie, like a made-for-TV movie. Uh, you know what it feels and looks like? Although it predates it. I thought this. What's that? My kid walked in the room and thought it. It looks like the opening to the room. <laughs> it's San Francisco. Yeah, we got yeah, piano sweeping, you know, landscapes, piano music. 
but again, this predates the room, but it really does look like the room. Yeah, it does a little bit. Now I kind of got, I feel like I got to watch the room, room again. Cause I'm up, I'll be honest folks. And I'll be honest with you, Rebecca. I'm the, I'll probably never watch the hearse again. I mean, I'm glad I watched it because it's, you know, it's an eighties movie, you know, and I'm an eighties kid, you know, uh, I love all things eighties, but I, I really feel no desire uh, to have ever yeah. watched this. Thing. I love the poster. If I ever encountered the poster or the lobby card, I would probably buy it because it's great artwork. It's, it's great. It's, yeah. And the car is but really... I, so So I can say when they zoom in on the grill of the car, like it is obviously like a car from a different era where they made things like... I mean, it's... It's like steel and iron, you know? I mean, it looks really cool. And it looks really mean. It looks like it has personality. Yes. If they would have gone with that a little bit more, like every time they kind of zoomed in on the grill of the, of the, the hearse, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, like angry hearse, you know? But yeah, it's going to do something badass, and then it never really does. Yeah. It's like wah-wah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, okay, so my first problem with this movie um, is the fact that she's going away because her mom died and she got divorced. But, like, nowhere does it even bring in this aunt and this house. And, and you know, she... It, it would have made more sense if, like, my aunt who raised me died and now I'm going to go or... I, I don't know. It's like we never even hear about the aunt and then it's like suddenly she's got this house. We don't know when the aunt yeah, died. She's it, owned this house. It's, it's really just, like, she's been sitting on this for a while, and it makes no sense. Well, and even the mom passing away is kind of thrown away after a while. It's just oh, like you yeah. figure it's going to play into it big time, and it really has nothing to do with it. It's just like, oh, my mom died. Um, I guess I've inherited this house that... It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's not very cohesive. No, the fact that the aunt, like, I mean, the mom died. And, it, I mean, if there had been anything of, like, the, my mom told me I really need to go to this house and investigate. Because blah, blah. the mom would have known there was some fucked up shit going on with her sister. Hello? Yeah. But it's and do you just think so... she would have had this conversation with yeah. her daughter at some point? Yeah. Like, no, like, you don't stay need away to be going over house? to Rebecca's. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, but the hearse itself, uh, I did make a note. The first note I made, other than the beginning is the opening of a country song. The hearse itself is a 1951 Packard funeral coach. And I kind of looked, and these things, uh, they had only made, I think, uh, I I looked it up, but I didn't write this tidbit down. It was either 27 or 37 of them. So it is a rarity. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, so so that's cool. Yeah, I mean that's kind of neat. The car, the car is very cool, but they just don't bank on it. Uh, they, uh, okay, it's a lot of zoom zooming shots of, of the grill. You know, the car pulls up into a close up, and they zoom in. It's almost like every single time you see the car, that's what they do. Like, hey, look how cool this car looks. And like, we know it looks cool. We're not going to do anything with it. <laughs> you know? So then it begs the question, and this has been done many times. So is it like, hey? I've got this car, and it's really cool. Do you want to put it in a movie? Oh, well, yeah. Let's build a whole movie around it. Because this guy, I know my neighbor has this, like, you know, freaking classic 1951 Taggart hearse. 
you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I mean, it does like feel like, oh, we've got the car, so let's make it about the car. Yeah, I, I feel like the like what happened is they had a car, they had a creepy house, and they're like, right. we have these two things. How do we link them together? Let's make and, a movie you know, and put we, the car on the front. We've been on enough movie sets. We've made movies. We know how that is. Somebody <laughs> has a cool location or a cool car, and you're like, well, I don't have you know that wrote in the script, but that's how it's gonna go. Right? You I can't blame them for give it. You production value, man. You write that motherfucker in. <laughs> right. You know, it's like if you know somebody that's got a helicopter and they want to let, let you use it, you use a helicopter. You now have mm-hmm. a helicopter in your movie. Exactly. Uh, my next note, though, is this was, and even though he's not really utilized a whole lot, this was the theatrical debut of Christopher, McDon- Christopher McDonald, who was it really? is a, yeah, it was his first theatrical film. Uh, he, you know, he's been in a bunch of movies. He was, you know, Thelma and Louise, Happy Gilmore, you know, The Collector, uh, you know, so, I mean, amongst other things, he's done, you know, I think probably 150, 200 movies. I didn't look up to see exactly how many, but he's kind of a throwaway character. He's this kind of a, a young jock teenager kind of guy that, you know, that picks on one of the main characters, Paul, and kind of yeah. goads him into, you know, hey, did you get any? Did you get any? And that's pretty much his mm-hmm. whole, his whole stick. Which that has no bearing on much of anything. I mean, I think that was them trying to set up a red herring that the little guy, the little guy, that the young guy was like uh, obsessed with her and, you know, that he gets a little angry at one point. So it's like, but I I think that we didn't need red herrings because I think we pretty much knew from the get go it was, it was all supernatural. Right. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. The like, like the first 30, 45 minutes of this movie, I knew something was amiss. You know, I knew there was something supernatural. Something was wrong with the house. Something had been wrong with her aunt. You know, something was up with the car. But, you know, it's really like when they finally have that moment in the middle of the movie, the moment you got up and walked out on and had to use the restroom, when they like, oh, yeah, like the, the car was carrying the aunt's body and then it uh, it blew up and burned burned up and the bodies were never found but it's just some charred metal and i'm just like okay but like you know some say the devil took it in the hell and oh (laughs) but you know what but the aunt is in the house occasionally she sees her so she yeah i mean it's just weird now here's one here's a takeaway i'm going to tell you this i did learn something um here in this movie so the very first thing she does, you you get a house. It's, you know, been sitting for a while and whatever. You don't, like, you know, uh, mop the floors or, you know, dust. No, you get on a ladder and you clean the windows on the top floor. Uh, <laughs> if if right. you're this chick. But she, I laughed my ass off because she's cleaning her windows with Easy Off. And I'm like, Easy Off? It's like the oven stuff. No, but if you look. Easy Off used to make window cleaner. Really? Yeah, there's my, that, that is my biggest takeaway from this movie. I'm sorry. Easy <laughs> Off used to make window my, cleaner. My biggest takeaway is that they got, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, I forgot the character. I think he just played the, the, the counter man or the, the grill cook or whatever, but Chuck Mitchell. Porky. It was Porky from the Porky's movie. Hmm. That was the, the the guy that when she has the moment where the windows start getting smashed and she thinks someone's trying to kill her, she drives away and goes to the diner. 
She r- oh. runs in. The first guy she encounters, the big guy, this was like a year before Porky's came out. It was yeah. the guy who played Porky. And I, that, that was the, I wrote it in big, big, like capital letters, big caps all across my paper. Fucking Porky. That, Goddamn that crazy takeaway. city women. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was Damn, the sheriff that said that, but yeah. Crazy. Yeah, the city women are crazy. We're not going to listen to the city women, even though we know she's living in a haunted house. But, okay. Uh, (laughs) Sheriff Denton Denton is a piece of shit. Uh, That's a, uh, yeah, everybody in this movie, except for Paul. Paul's a pretty good guy. You know, Paul is really, you know, the young, yeah, I mean, he gets a little possessive, but, you know, he kind of rebounds from it. He gets a little angry when he finds out that she's, but he he rebounds and he's just like, well, you know, if things don't work out, you know, you can always give me a call. And he's he's a nice guy. He's the only guy in the movie, the only person in this entire town that doesn't shun her, that doesn't understand why everybody, even the little kids in town are all like, you're a witch. Burn, witch, burn. You know, okay, now the one I will say the, calls her the a little, ghost. yeah, well, the little blonde girl, she's only saying, because she's, she's nice at first, because she says, hello, my mommy says I shouldn't talk to you. Well, why is that? Well, because you live in a haunted house and you're a ghost. I mean, she's only going by what mama says, you know? I mean, she, and she like was going with her instincts and she was still being nice to her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She was at first, but all the other little kids in town are bad. Do you even notice that when she goes to talk to Bo Rehnquist to see if he wants to be the handyman, that as soon as she says that she's at the Martin place, the freaking horse even has a reaction. Yes, I made a note about it. I go, the, the horses have a Frau Blucher moment. They totally yes. have a young Frankenstein moment. She mentions the, the Martin house, and they're like, <laughs> Like, even the horses are like, oh, fuck this lady, fuck that house. Yeah. We don't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, everybody okay. in this town is an asshole. I mean, everybody is just, I mean, and I think rightfully so once you kind of figure out what's what's going on. But basically everybody except for the Pritchard character. Joseph Cotton is Walter Pritchard. What a dick. He's just, like, a, yeah, he's just an asswipe. He's just a greedy asswipe. He's a greedy asswipe. He's a patronizing uh, son of a bitch. And like it, it, the moment that the the Jane Hardy character says anything to him, that's even if she's being polite, and he's like, "Well, you know, decent people would be asleep at this hour." He's like, "Well, don't you get you know lippy with me?" And it's just like really patronizing son of a bitch. I mean, just you know what? That's a breath of fresh air. Like if I'm her. That, like, it's somebody who's just a dick and not somebody who's like, ooh, I'm scared of you. <laughs> yeah, at least she understands where Pritchard's coming from. He's just greedy. Because, like, right, because it should, scene. the house should be his or whatever. And if he really believes that it's haunted, that there's something going on with this house, why would he want it? I don't get it. Well, like, he, he wouldn't be able to really sell it to anybody. They obviously didn't like outsiders. You know, at all in this little small town. I don't understand what he could have possibly have done with this house. Right. And if he had, okay, let's say that he wasn't scared of the ghosts and everything and he moved in there. Well, then he's going to have the same, like, shunning that she has because nobody's going to want you there. Like, I don't think anybody really, there were a couple little times, like the preacher said, Oh, you look a lot like your aunt, which I'm pretty sure that was her in the picture, like her playing her aunt in the picture. Um, but like 
it was her connection to the house. Not the fact that she's in the house, but the fact that she was part of the house or whatever. Am I right? Yeah, and so, I think... Yeah, I mean, it, it was her connection. It was the fact that she was a blood relative and that she looked so much like her aunt. I think that was the main reason why that she was shunned so, so okay. much. And, okay, so I could get that. He could think that maybe he could rise above. He could live with the ghosts, and since he already had an establishment in the in the community, that he would not be shunned as well. Okay, I can. Okay, I can get that. I can this get is, behind that. I, I can get behind that idea. But I'm I not just, giving uh, this movie much, but I will give it that. Okay. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's it's very eerie and atmospheric, and I don't know like how the vinegar syndrome released you that you watched looked, but it was very dark and very murky looking. Uh, the version that I watched it was okay. just very hard to watch. Okay, it, this was not okay. Vinegar syndrome, this vinegar syndrome version. So the house inside is very brightly lit most of the time. Um, very white walls, <laughs> dark wood, a lot of contrast. Um, but it was very bright because of that. I, I did have problems getting into the ooh, spooky, you know, there was never like, it, it, I don't know. Like it was just, it was too like, uh, sunshiny or something in there. I mean, there were like some weird things like the aunt's room. Like why the hell she's staying in this little room where she can't even stand up because oh. of the slope ceiling, <laughs> whatever. You can't find. Oh, a and I've had one house. of those. Yeah. I've had one of those rooms with the slope ceilings. You bang your head off those things quite a bit trying to stand up in the middle of the night. But that's where the youngest kid goes, right? right. That's like the last place that you put anybody in your house like okay you're going on the crappy slope <laughs> right that's where you put the, like the bastard red-headed kid that you don't right. like <laughs> right it's not the one that you pick oh and and it just a lot of things that aren't you know explained you know with the, the very very little exposition it's like when she finds the diary she reads from it boom the lights go out the hearse pulls up Ooh, coincidence right. i think box. not but yeah, the music box. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, and like halfway through it, I made a note, like, the town is obviously keeping a secret, but what is it? You know, and it really is the fact that the the Robert character that seduced her aunt, you know, got her into witchcraft or uh, into worshiping Satan. So the whole town, you know, turned against her and him. But th that's when Tom shows up, the Tom Sullivan character. And I can't remember who oh, played him. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't remember the actor's name that played him. He's very eerie. Like, I did not trust him from the word go. I, like, my first note was Tom Sullivan is too nice, so he's definitely trouble. Oh, no. I mean, at that point in time, we had already heard a couple entries from the diary that there was this guy, Robert. I already put two and two together. Like, that's my other problem with this movie. It was way too freaking predictable. I'm like, dude, he's like Robert. He's the dude. He's doing the same thing to her he did to the aunt. Oh yeah, I call. I called it about five minutes after he came came in the room, you know, and showed up just magically and just out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, this is guy. Guy is probably a reincarnation, you know, or something, or you know? just yeah, like an apparition or whatever. Like whatever the fuck he ended up being. Yeah, it was just like. Uh, he was just it was too convenient because you know she ran off the road or whatever and he like brought her at that point in time I didn't think anything of it until like 
he got there and then, you know, it was like, I, I don't know. Then he was just, he was just too, yeah, sweetsy, sweetsy. And I'm like, dude, girl, you're reading this chick's diary every night and you basically just met the same guy and you're not putting two and two together. Right. It's like, listen, I know you're eager to meet a new guy. You just got divorced and all, but like, you, 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 open your eyes, open one of them at least, you know? Yeah. But yeah, the, but when they get into the whole diary thing and, you know, she had a strange, stranger man caller. They gave her this mysterious locket and it's, it's possibly cursed. And is this like, nope. You're like, Tom might be she nice, but he's creepy. He's Robert. Uh, you know, wherever she he, he shows up and leaves, the hearse shows up again. Right. But the thing is that the reading the diary is not what triggered the hearse because the hearse, she encountered the hearse on her way to the house before she ever read the diary. So the weird thing, like you yeah, were yeah, saying, but I'm just like saying every it, time she read the diary, pretty... the hearse came out. Like if it had been like every, like when she read the diary, the hearse came out, that might've made more sense. Yeah, because when she's, I mean, when the hearse first shows up, she's just driving on her way to the town and it runs her off the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, it, it, yeah. It, if they would have stuck with a, a, mo a motif of like, like you said, whenever she read the diary, maybe, you know, that opened up the porthole, the gateway, you know, and then the hearse would show up, I think it would have been right. a little the bit better. It might have taken it up Robert. a notch. It's it's yeah. it's got it's got some huge flaws, and I will say that yeah. I liked her in the Changeling, which is another movie that has flaws. It's another movie that's that goes between being a haunted house movie and and you know creepy, but it is from a different, a little bit different era. But I but oh my god, much better crafted film though the Changeling is yes, but when she gets. When she gets um, unhinged, my God, this girl is such an overactor. <laughs> I mean, oh, ah. she, she plays it so low key for the most part, but like when she has to really show any kind of emotion, she she cranks it up to level ten, and and this goes way over the top. Like that that was a note that I made. She like cranks that dial up every time. Yeah, and like she even when she's talking to it or whatever, like she, I mean, she just is so I don't know, just so like over the top, just like you know, almost like Jennifer Love Hewitt, like in the middle of the road. <laughs> you did last, <laughs> you know. What like are you she, waiting for? Yeah, what are you waiting for? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. And then, oh, Okay, then we didn't mention, too, we've got the creepy albino pastor who shows up, who's all, like, and here's the other thing, too. Everybody that she encounters, not everybody, but a lot of people she encounters, like, he's very nice. Comes to her house. He's creepy as shit. He looks like the dude from Poltergeist, too. But yes. he's really nice, like, and then when she says she's going to stay there, which clearly she's staying there, she's already there. Then he's like, well, maybe the country isn't the place for you, you know? And he gets all weird. And it's like, wait, how did, why did he turn? Like, why did he go in the house? Yeah. Like, I, I, I yeah, it, it, it was very un, uneven. I don't think they really knew what kind of movie they were making. Now, the director had only yes. done a handful of films. George Bowers had done, uh, well, five, six films that I think he directed, but he edited like edited a, a ton of shit. Fuck 
ton of movies, like fuck ton of movies that you all recognize. And I think that's the other thing that was appealing to us when we were going to do this movie. Like he right, edited. Like when I started looking at titles like The Stepfather, Buckaroo Banzai, you know, some cool shit. Sleeping with the Enemy. I mean, like, yeah, just tons. I mean, over it. Like, <laughs> and then stuff two... like that that made no no sense, like Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and Walking Tall. It was just like, wow. I, I mean, it was a very weird Hey, he was a good editor. Films, he was they were all demand. over the place. Yeah, but he was obviously yeah. in demand and really good at his job. So, yeah, it, it was like, wow, okay. But this movie, he did not edit this movie, I do not believe. No, no, he did not. I didn't Which make, I maybe did not make this would be, Maybe it would be better if he had edited this movie. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if like somebody else would have directed it and he would have just edited the film, maybe yeah, it would have been a little bit better. Maybe, but I think maybe. he probably realized maybe that was why he only directed a handful of movies. He was just like... Ed- you know, editing is my gig. That's my jam. I'm just going to stick with it. But Maybe. you know, he had an impressive uh, career. Some of the stuff that he did, like you said, Sleeping with the Enemy, A League of Their Own. You know, I mean, a bunch of big, big films. But uh, uh, that being said, uh, back to the Reverend. Like, you know, mm. the Reverend just keeps popping up, and I couldn't like throughout the movie, I couldn't c- figure out if he was a red herring or not until like close to the ending where he shows up and he's like comes in at the last moment trying <laughs> to save Jane. And what happens to him? They just leave that so open-ended. He he confronts Robert as he comes out of the house after, you know, uh, Jane runs away from him. But th- it, it just left open-ending. They have a face-off, you know, a standoff. They, they stand there, you know, face-to-face for a moment. And then it just cuts away. I mean, nothing really is ever explained what happens to him. Again, no, I don't know. And I will say, I kind of, I, I kind of just dropped off after like she runs out of the diner. I was like, oh my god. I, I mean, I was. This is the kind of movie where I was like, I just want this to be over. And I hope that they give me enough explanation to justify the time that I've spent. And they didn't. But yeah, like he, he never seems in any way, shape, or form that he's going to be the one who tries to save her. You can't fight it alone, blah, blah, blah. Because he never goes to help her again. He acts like she's like, you know, got body odor when she comes to the church <laughs> and is like, that chick was in my dreams. And he's like, oh, well, you know, she was here last night till seven. She's our choir leader. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he never gives her any kind of guidance or anything. Like if he had given her a little bit of like, you may need to rethink this or anything. Right. Maybe Have you it would consider make... that your house is haunted. You right. Know? Or he gave her anything. And really the only one who gives her any kind of intel is the douchey dude. Everybody else right. is, yeah, everybody else is, like, all secretive about it, but the douchey dude's like, dude, your aunt was, like, fucking Satan worshiper and all kinds of shit. <laughs> well, I think, I don't think he believed any of it. I thought, I think he thought it was a whole bunch of hogwash. Otherwise, he wouldn't have shown up like he did at the tail end of the movie. You want, drunk as a skunk, you want ghosts, throwing rocks at I'm gonna give you ghosts, yeah. Yeah, I don't think shit, he believed but... it at all. And it's the only time we get any uh, what I call a little Christine action, where the hearse actually does anything, mm. and the hearse plows plows right into him. And, but it's not very satisfying. It, it, you know what I mean? I, I I know you're a little bit like me. You like a good kill scene, 
it, it, it was very just kind of, oh, the car's going to run him over. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be, eh, thud. It's just kind of. And why? Eh. If the hearse is somehow, I don't know, like, what is the hearse's motive? Is the hearse, like, the ant's, like, a vehicle? So then why would it try to, like, kill? I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to stop right there. I don't know. Like, what is the motive of the hearse, the hearse driver, or the ant who is presumably. And, and wait, wait. And, uh, let's talk about the, the driver for a second. What's, what was, the, was the driver supposed to be Satan or was it, uh, uh, I don't know. I, well, I, no, because I, I would think he would just be the innocent dude who was just dry, doing his job. Like, all right, I'll be back at six o'clock, honey. I'm going to go fucking <laughs> drive a corpse to the fucking funeral home. Like, I, I don't, but he ended up being so like weird or whatever. And yeah. The the one cool visual in it was where she goes outside and the hearse is there and like it kind of beckons her in. She kind of flows yeah. and you know she goes to that sort the of back dream door kind of opens it up, opens up on its own and everything. Yeah, and and she goes to that dream sequence where she sees her own funeral and stuff. Like that was kind of cool, but they never really like capitalized on that. Like that was the yeah, one point where I was like, that okay, yeah, I was like, that's where things are going to happen. And then like nothing happened after that. Yeah, I mean, like the, the deaths are very, very cheap. I mean, like the drunk Pritchard getting when the hearse runs into him, it doesn't even run him over. It just kind of thumps into him. You don't see yeah. anything. It locks. And then when Paul kind of meets his end, he shows up at the house. He turns in one of those like obligatory like <laughs> screams into the camera, and then it freeze frames, and it's just oh oh my very... god when she when she finds him and she looks up at the sky and goes oh no not the child I was like oh girl <laughs> <laughs> like. Like this ain't that type of movie. You're never going to get an an Oscar out of this, and you know I don't know what you're trying to go for here. But yeah, one, he, yeah. he was probably about 20, 22. He was, like he was not a child. Yeah, <laughs> you probably had a beer with him after shooting. So yeah, I mean, I know that they tried. They, I think that's the reason for the boys like ribbing him, and she says something about him being sixteen is just to like try to drive home the fact they're trying to make this like a kid, but he really was not a kid. <laughs> Yeah, he. I, I would be willing to bet he was at least in 20, 25 years old. At yeah, least. He, he was probably closer to her age than he was to the character's age. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Not the child. I was like, the, oh, man. And then Pritchard. Okay, like, who, who who hung Pritchard up in the shower? A la Michael Myers style? I, you know, I mean, was it Robert? Uh, well, I, maybe. It the, wasn't the maybe hearse. The, maybe the driver? <laughs> I, the driver's like, well, I got nothing better to do. Might as well like rig this yeah. shit up. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm being paid. I'm being paid scale here. I'll hang a body up. You know, fuck it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I don't. I don't. It, uh, it was. It was messy. Yeah, it was, it was me very messy. Messy and very, very slow. But the the, the and ending very I, I, out of out of uh, sync with the times as well. Yeah, it felt like it was a movie that that would have been made at least a good five, ten years earlier. Yeah, like 
and made for TV. I can't believe that this had a theatrical release. It, mm. it, it just seemed very, very dry. Mm-hmm. But then, even at the end of the, you know, we get a little bit of a car chase. You know, we get a little bit of her action. You know, with her trying to because you know what we haven't we haven't had any of that through the whole movie. <laughs> no, no. I was expecting to be honest something more along the lines of a Christine, but a but with a hearse or like something like the car, but not a Lincoln, but with the hearse. And the hearse was just really an afterthought. And that's what I think is the most, dis- I mean, the movie itself is over- overtly disappointing, but yes. the most disappointing thing is the fact that it's very misleading is in the fact that there's very little hearse. Okay. You know? So basically we are starting out killer wheels a month with a fail. In the show. A fail. But we didn't know. We didn't know. But, you know, some, you not know, all of them are going to be we winners. Took a, we took a chance. We watched something. It was something else put on my letterbox. It's something else in my Blu-ray collection. Uh, it's it's $20 I'll never get back. Um. <laughs> the hours and two hours that you'll never see ever again. An hour uh. and 30 Hour okay. and 39 minutes that I just wanted to fast forward through. Okay, now I will say, sometimes when I'm doing a podcast, like watch us for podcasts, I'm taking notes and I get bogged down and I feel like I miss things because I'm trying to write things down. And I started this one a couple different times and things came up and blah, blah, blah. And so like third sitting, and I think I'd gotten through about 45 minutes of it. So third sitting, I'm like, I'm putting the notebook down and I'm just starting the movie from the beginning and I'm just watching. And I was still like, no, um, it had nothing to do with distractions or taking notes. Um, there, <laughs> there was just no coherence here. At right. All. It, it was just uh, the my final note. In my, I still took a page and a half of notes, you know, because I still do my due diligence and try to be very thorough. But my very final note was, movie in the end is uneventful and anticlimactic, because even though we do get a little bit of a car chase, it's it's over before you know it. And she takes out you know for something that's supposed to be you know, uh, <clears throat> just that's supposed to be you know uh, beholden with the power of Satan, right. supposed to be all evil. She takes it out by t-boning it and sending it over the edge of a cliff. Really, right. you you. Right, all you had to do was run it off the road <clears throat> with your Chevy the whole time. Oh, okay. Well, I was like that. That they should have just done that in the beginning, and you know that would have <laughs> it would have been an up, you know, a pilot episode of a bad TV series and not a a two hour movie. Uh, but there's so many things left open ended. You know, it's like just you know, like the the ending with the last shot of the house with the lights turning on and the aunt looking out from the upstairs window. And then, so it's just like, is the hearse really uh, dead? You know, is or is it, it was it the hearse, or is she controlling everything and the hearse is just one pawn? But you know what? It's called the hearse. So we'd like to think that the hearse is the major pawn and the, the cog, you know, the machine. It's, uh this one, I just, I, yeah. I keep, like, okay, it's a podcast, everybody. I know it's audio, but I just keep shaking right. my head. Like, um, <laughs> I've face I have face palmed at least three times while you've been, we've been doing this. I mean, uh. it's not it's it's just 
Uh, I mean, incoherent is the only word I can come up with, really. Yeah, it's incoherent. It's inconsistent because it doesn't Mm -hmm. know if it wants to be a killer car movie. It doesn't know if it wants to be a movie about satanic stuff. It doesn't know if it wants to be a ghost movie. It doesn't know if it wants to be a a, a creepy town full of hilljacks kind of movie. Or if it wants to be be a woman on the on the verge of a nervous breakdown, which they which they try to set that out some. And then there's like a point where it's like, you know, they try to do this red herring, like, am I just going crazy? And it's like, no, girl, we've watched this whole movie. Like, this isn't a red herring here. You know, like, they they just, right. like, they could have made it to where, like, she went to the house and was, like, slowly having some weird things happen to where she could be like, oh, God, it's coming back. But they didn't. I mean, it's like, from the get-go, it's like, you know, we got music boxes and hearses and blah, blah, blah. We're like, yeah, there's there's something supernatural going on here, so stop throwing red herrings at us. <sighs> Except for the biased. child! <laughs> the child! And, and, the, and the reverend is kind of okay. He's kind of like, alright, but not really... He's like 50-50. Everybody else is just a straight-up dick, you know. But, yeah, yeah, Paul, he's the only one that's... Uh, that's oh, wait, uh, no, but part. Lois, her friend from school, she's she's nice, and she never comes back and play. There's a phone <laughs> call where she's like, oh, no, come back and see me anytime, any weekend. So you think she's going to come there, and she's going to get killed or something. Nope, no. Nope. I guess they only had that girl for, like, one hour on a Saturday. I actually had a note where I put down a goal, uh, that she was going to be fodder. But no, she never even pops back up again. She's yeah. She's with. Like, uh, why, why wouldn't they have shown her driving to the house and getting run off the road and, like, her car exploding by the hearse? I mean, wouldn't that just make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if, it was, if it was written and directed by somebody that was interested in telling a coherent story, but they just obviously were not. So that's, that's, yeah. It. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, sh- should we beat this movie into the ground? Any? Do, do, you, hey. do you want to pick it apart? No, anymore? Cam, Cam, I love yeah. rubber. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing that with anybody else? Because if not, we could always do rubber. <laughs> well, I had somebody that 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 wanted to do rubber, but um, I haven't heard from them since they said they they were going to watch it a week ago. I've messaged them and I haven't heard back. And uh, so it, it, you know what? If you want me to redeem this killer car month, I'll come back for rubber. I will come back for maximum <laughs> gonna- overdrive. I had a better time with maximum overdrive at least that one was no, see, I, I, yeah and, and at least that movie was consistently crazy you know but yeah because it was consistently <laughs> fueled by cocaine so, like yeah. i know you don't like that movie but would you have had a better time like reviewing and watching that movie again as opposed to this i mean <laughs> uh, yeah i mean uh, <sighs> It's at least got uh, an uh, AC uh, yeah. soundtrack. Yes, and I did do that <laughs> for a podcast very recently. We we paired that with Willy's Wonderland because it was like you know machines gone bad or whatever, uh, you know. And in pairing it with a movie that I really enjoyed, it was kind of painful. Um, this was just boring. Like painful is different than boring. Like I'd rather 
it be yeah. painful and boring? Is that what does that say about me? This movie uh, that you're a masochist. And ah, you like I think so. Pain? Yeah. <laughs> or, I, or I prefer pain uh, well, you know, to boredom. Committed the pain to boredom. I would say uh, I would say I'm in that same boat. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be in pain than bored to death. You know. Uh, this is the movie that it committed the cardinal sin. It bored the shit out of me. Yes. Uh, and, and I apologize to anybody who likes this movie, who really likes it, because, wow, I, 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 don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. I would but, like uh, to know if somebody out there does like it. Like, I would like to hear the merits. Because I wanted to like this movie. I wanted to like I bought this movie. I mean, I oh, wanted so to like sorry. it. No, it's okay. I mean, and I blame my mother. It. Yes, that's exactly it. Cam's mom. Hmm. <laughs> Cam and I have a, a bond that we were born within hours of each other. So yep, I, yes, we were bicycle yes. babies. So yes, in June twenty second, twenty third, and we were both born in Indiana. So yeah. I feel I feel like I have a right to be able to. Your mom. Like, I have a connection. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, I, I think even <laughs> she would say that would probably be justified. Oh, and, I, and I have a feeling she watched this movie, suggested it, like, but she watched it back, like, when we were four years old. And it might have been a little bit of a different time. <laughs> yeah. Because I certainly don't remember watching it when I was four. Because I would have never like agreed to be like, yeah, sure. Why don't we watch this one? Like, no, no. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm just gonna go play with my Transformers, okay? Because this sucks. Right. <laughs> Wait, you had Transformers? I was broke as shit. We only had Gobots. Oh, see, no, I didn't have either. I was a girl. I had Barbies and strawberry shortcake. So, oh, eh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, that being said, let's uh, <laughs> let's put a pin in this, and mm. you, you know how the rules go around here. Uh, guests go first. What do you give it on a scale from mm. one to ten, Becca? Oh, <sighs> I feel so put on the spot, but man, I want to give it a higher score. I want to be, I want to be enlightened. I want to be, you know, uh, forgiving. Be clued but... into what what's what's good about I, I, it, maybe. <sighs> I, okay, you know what? I will say that finding out that, like, that hearse, because the hearse was cool, and finding out that that is that rare, that elevates it a little bit for me. I mean, but, oh, my God, I can't give it more than a 2 out of 10. I just can't. And I hate that. I fucking hate that, but, yeah. I'm coming in similarly to you. I had a, I had wrote here... 2.5 to 3, and I was going to kind of decide at the end of our our show here whether or not I was going to give it a full 3. Um, I'm going to give it a 2.5. I was coming in at a 2, and really, realistically, but I'll, I'll give it a full-on 2.5. That's about as high as I can go. It, it's like a pity it, half star. <laughs> yeah, I, I get, yeah, I give it a pity half star. It's it's kind of like the, the scene in the middle where uh, Jane and Robert get down and do the nasty and it's, it's like a pity fuck <laughs> you know it's a pity half star yeah it's we, didn't, just, we it's, didn't even mention that there is a full-on probably four to five minute sex scene 
I completely was like playing with my phone. It was that unsexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually made a note about it. We didn't even, uh, I didn't even like talk about it. I was like, Robert commits the a lazy fuck. That, that's what he does. It's it's the laziest fucking I've ever seen on, on committed to celluloid. I mm-hmm. would be hard pressed for anybody to tell me that there's a scene, a sex scene in any other movie that is lazier than that. This is like, uh, oh gosh, man, it was. He's, just a, bad. he's the dead fuck <clears throat> that Crispin Glover was supposed to be. Yes, <laughs> he's a dead fuck. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Literal, literally, and figuratively. Mm. But, true. Uh, true. <laughs> yeah, I, I give it a two and a half. That's as high as I can go, and that might be the lowest rating I've uh, given a film on uh, Cinema Degeneration thus far. I don't think I've given anything quite that low of a rating. Man, yet. and I, you know, like I, okay. So <laughs> I was going through IMDb or not? I'm sorry, Letterbox yesterday, and like looking for movies that I hadn't rated yet. Of course, IMDb or sorry, God. Letterbox is a five-star rating. And I saw the inc- the uh, incredible bulk. Is that what it's called? Or the, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like a, an incredible Hulk, kind of like asylum type movie. Uh, but it really, I mean, it's bad. It's bad. I, I've seen it's, a trailer for it. I have not okay. watched it. And I gave that a one out of five, which would be a two out of ten. Yeah. Oof. That's yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. We're not starting off the, you know, we're not starting off you great know, out of the gate. This isn't, you know, it's not a race, but you know, we're not starting off great with this but one. But there are some really good killer car movies, killer vehicle, killer wheels, is what you're calling it. There yeah, are some really wheels. good ones, and this one makes Maximum yeah, you know. Overdrive look like a masterpiece. <laughs> See, I, I love Maximum Overdrive. I would have much rather us uh, cover that one, but. But, you don't man. want to cover that with me. <laughs> it's at least you, you. You at least say this. It, it's a, it's, it's not boring. It's not. It's not a boring film. You know. It's it's at least exciting. But you know. I mean, that was all yeah. due to Stephen King and loads of cocaine. Right. And and it, and it does have ACDC. And this this movie didn't there, have anything. Right. It had some. The music had some notes stolen from Friday the Thirteenth, though. I noticed there was some yeah. very Friday the Thirteenth ish kind of music yeah there was a couple they tried to mimic a couple evil dead shots here and there where they zoom in for stuff with that sam raimi cam but it was just poorly executed but yeah killer wheels is not starting off great out of the gate okay you guys here's what i have to say if you get hankering to watch it watch it on youtube fine do not buy the 20 dollar blu-ray version like i did I am your cautionary tale. <laughs> you did it so the rest of us don't have That's to, right? right? It's a sacrifice. But it was enough to make this podcast legit. Yeah, yeah. It made it it, it made it more legit than the film itself, I'd say. Probably. Uh, yeah. So what do you uh what do you got going on before we uh bid this a fond farewell and put a put a pin in this one? What do you got going on this new? I know you got a new uh podcast that you've been doing here lately. Yeah, I've been doing uh I've been doing a couple new ones. Uh so I am on the Sexploitation Sleaze cast uh with my friend Paul Prezunza. Uh it, we review the worst porn of the 60s, 70s and 80s. Um, it has been incredibly fun. Uh, you can check me out on Facebook, uh, Rebecca Reinhardt. I got to spell my last name for you. R-I-N-E 
H-A-R-T. All my stuff's there. Uh, I have um, a new movie that I am directing um, coming out, Tin Roof, and it is on uh, Facebook. You can join our group. And I don't know. I have too many things to tell you guys about, so there we go. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could say I had a whole lot going on. Uh, I just recovered from another heart surgery. You were so alive. Uh, bouncing back from that. But yeah, I had a, another post-surgery infection, so I am just recovering from that. Uh, I did get good word that uh, editing is well underway for the film we did in Florida here a couple weeks ago, Cruel Summer. So that's, you know, some good news. Um, but I do have actually a, a new show we're doing here on Cinema Degeneration oh. uh, called yeah, called Sequel to Deja Vu, where we're strictly doing nothing but sequels. Not doing the first chapters of any movies, you know, uh, oh. just strictly sequels. Some so, of my yeah. favorite movies are part twos. Actually, a lot of my favorite movies are part twos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here, same here. And um, I'll, I'll let it go on this one since this will probably come out before we uh, release the first episode, which we just recorded here recently. We did uh, Psycho Part 2, which is, hey, again, awesome. yeah, my, my favorite of the series. So, yeah. But a lot it, of my I just got that two. on CED and a CD player that's working. So we could have done that on Old Not Obsolete. Oh, damn. I guess we could have. <laughs> yeah. Eh, yeah. Overlap. Could have, should have, would have. But, yeah, it's overlap. But uh, this has still been fun. I, I enjoy like yeah. the the fact that at least we came in the, the same, uh, pretty much the same rating and the same mindset on this. I was thinking to myself, I kept thinking, I'm like, God, I'm like, part of me hoped that you enjoyed it more than me, but prayed, <laughs> but prayed that you didn't. Because I would right. have to, to question our friendship if you like this movie that much. <laughs> no I'd shit. Been, been like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Are we really bicentennial, baby brother and sister? I don't know. I just. You I, know what? We took a chance. We took a chance, and that's what counts. You know. Yep, and we watched something new. You know, that's or at right. least something new to us. Well, and, new to us. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but that then again, you know, not all of them are going to be great. So that's what happens when you try something new. But I'm just glad we both came in at the around the same level there. Because, yeah. like I said, if you if you enjoyed this movie, I probably would have spent the, half of the podcast going, "Why, why?" Mm. <laughs> like, like, man, like there's no amount of wine or, or weed in the world to make this movie good. <laughs> no, there's not. Watching oh. it with a group of friends, none of that stuff would make this movie enjoyable. It really wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was enjoyable to a point to get to discuss it with you, and we kind of got there. to take it apart at least. There we go. And we saw eye to eye on it. You know, it, yes. that, that was the, the one good thing I got out of this movie. Was there was just, the enjoyability. Yeah, right getting, to getting to tear at a new asshole with, uh, with you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, that being said, folks... Um, this is the first uh, first episode of uh, Killer Wheels Month, and um, please stick around for the next chapter. We are going to be <laughs> covering some much, much better films, I assure you. So once again, thank you for listening to Cinema G Generation, and keep listening, folks.
like that. Five minutes ago, Sheriff, somebody tried to kill me in my house. Now, are you going to come and do something about it or not? <laughs> These city women are goddamn crazy. I you know that? 